We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. December 10th edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm Joe Bartle. Of course, you can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports and join alongside me is Jake Latarski. Roto Jake, week 14 is in the books and misery has come upon me and it sounds like misery has also hit you. It was a a brutal week for my playoff teams. I'm going to try not to bitch about it too much, but be honest, I need mm-hmm. to. There, there needs to be some cathartic release that occurs because <laughs> it was a really difficult fantasy week. A lot of injuries to discuss as well that People, not me, who are still in the fantasy playoffs are going to have to also deal with, too. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty heavy week and a, yeah. an important one, too. Yeah, see, it's a, you know, before we get into our own woes, it's actually a pretty decent fab week, you know, and, and chances are these players are going to be out there and available for you because if your league does any kind of reasonable rule system, there are only four teams left and there are eight teams that probably don't really care about pickups anymore. So you should have your pick of the litter and uh, guys that you can max out your bids with and uh, hopefully we can identify some guys that will start for you across a variety of leagues. But in all honesty, man... 
I, I don't know what happened this week. If I went sleepwalking and somehow gave just a big middle finger to the fantasy gods somewhere along the line. But I mean, between whether it's, you know, Mike Evans, Josh Jacobs, Rashad Penny, or having Darius Leonard go against you for 22 in an IDP league, or, you know, the list can go, can go on and on and on here. But, uh, but it was a brutal week for me, and uh, I don't have a ton to play for here move, moving forward. Maybe some points, titles, and a stake to eke out. At least I'm probably going to get a stake out of that. Yeah, well, we'll see with Lamar Jackson. You. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But um, but overall, yeah, yeah, it's been rough, and uh, I'm not pleased about it. I'm excited to finally take like my first Sunday off of the season, uh, or maybe my second Sunday off of the season this weekend. Watch some UFC fights on Saturday, and uh, you know, let the focus slip away from that a little bit. But until then, I did do my due diligence. We got pretty complete lists for you and uh, we're going to run down a bunch of solid options to stream we'll we'll start first with the conversation about the monday night football game of course eagles won overtime 23 17 over the giants i did end up watching the entirety of that game i will be honest when i say knowing that i was likely going to lose that game i needed 31 and a half points from carson once if he had thrown a touchdown instead of uh, boston sky getting the rushing touchdown it would have been close mm-hmm. but for large portions of that game it was pretty secure that i was not going to get that yeah. i may or may not have been under the influence of some alcohol as we were watching <laughs> that contest and an excessive are, are you a drunk close. tweeter or no I don't tweet ever, so thankfully okay. there is no there drunk tweeting. Yeah, that usually curse. my phone goes away after about whiskey number three. There was drunk yelling going on <laughs> for large portions of it, and uh, perhaps some drunk gambling that also happened, which of course never mm-hmm. works out in your favor either. I can't wait for live mobile betting to come to Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. I don't well, know. I don't, I don't know if I, I can't wait or, <laughs> yeah. or if it's just going to be the end of me financially. I'm but get a lot of, like uh, it'll be like, are you sure you want? What they really should do, just for me, like just implement implement this for stupid people, and I, I would qualify for mm-hmm. this. If you place a bet, do like a another message. Are you really sure? Are <laughs> yeah. you really sure you want to do that? Because are you I had, sure you want to bet two hundred dollars on this Mitch Trubisky prop? Yes, you I know? had seventy five on Monday's Monday night game. I I guess I should be positive that I I came out negative thirty in large part because Elshon Jeffrey got hurt within the first quarter. Mm-hmm. The, the receiving yards total, touchdown total, that would have been a big deal. I saw on Twitter a lot of people were also hurt by that one. Quite frankly, this first round of the playoffs, week fourteen. You could sum it up with who effed you over with crazy injuries. And, of course, you mm-hmm. can never plan for that or predict it. But it just felt like that across a variety from receivers and running backs. And, of course, it kind of all, all happened at once here with this Monday night game, leaving the Eagles mm-hmm. with just two receivers for three and a half quarters. Exactly. Yeah, this is rough. I think 2019 is going to forever go down as the week in which six seeds beat top seeds or good teams across the board six seeds beating one seeds probably happened across the board this week because you had so many guys that were carrying you uh just let down mostly due to injuries but uh, sometimes other circumstances and uh, but yeah it it was rough I mean I guess we can get to Eli had a good first half Darius Slayton again we know we mentioned him a bunch of times in the past touchdowns in one half and I don't know what happened in the second half half. did they score any points in the second half uh no no Mm -hmm. they did not they were up 17 to 3 at half so so I personally here's my situation with watching the game I did catch a lot of it but what I was in a situation where because of you know a whole bunch of aforementioned gut punches happening to me I needed to get like less than 12 points from Miles Sanders and Saquon Barkley I knew it was never going to happen I went to go drink margaritas and watch Frozen 2 with my friends but unfortunately that movie did not it was not the Irishman it was not three and a half hours I came back (laughs) I came back home flipped the game on and I caught Sterling Shepard no not Sterling Shepard Darius Slayton's second touchdown pass and I kind of 
watched that disgruntledly from from that point on. So, you know, I caught a lot of the game. Uh, Slayton had a nice stat line, but uh, I don't know what happened to that team in the second half. Yeah, the first touchdown came on a slant route where Ronald Darby, who just played dreadful through the entire game and somehow was able to, to come out ahead, I guess the Eagles were, uh, played off soft coverage and it was a slant to Darius Slayton, who then broke it out. Though the conditions, if you would have told me, on Wednesday, Eli Manning's your starter quarterback, and it's going to be raining for three quarters and windy and cold. I would have thought, oh, crap, that's a perfect Eli Manning game. If it's great conditions, whatever else, Eli isn't doing anything. But I almost feel like the weather helps his sort of game, which is to say it's nothing. His game is very bad, and he can – he can the crummy weather and the, the crap, that's like Eli Manning. That's his zone that he plays in. So uh, uh, Darius Slate was able to take advantage of slant, cut back inside, and then run for a touchdown – but he did have some good throws in that first half. The second half, it was the Eli Manning of old, where we see him patter around for a little bit, then fall down with five mm-hmm. yards of separation between the defender. And you saw the Eagles slowly climb back. It was not Miles Sanders that did it, though. In fact, he left the game at portions mm-hmm. due to cramps. It was actually Boston Scott that got close yeah. to 100 total yards, had the touchdown. Again, that I talked about uh, could have been a passing mm-hmm. one, and then was able to kind of make the difference on the overtime drive as well. Yeah. See, it was tough because in that second half, I was, you know, I was still within a couple points, you know, and I needed the running backs to get negative points. So I'm sitting there yelling at my TV, how can Miles Sanders fumble? And get negative points if he's not in the game, right. and they're not carrying the ball. So I mean, that's that's where I was at by the end of the week. But uh, I don't know. Boston Scott got ten carries and a touchdown. There's probably a spot for him in, in deep leagues. Maybe even I bet you he'll get bought in our fourteen team stake league. But there's there's actually a lot of running backs out there with well, decent ownership thresholds that we can get to it later. Depends in the show. on it depends on Jordan Howard's health status. And he's been out I think the last two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. It sounds like he was getting closer. I was at least updating stuff on Saturday when the the news was coming out for this Monday night game. I don't know what that's going to make moving forward, but I I was looking at early. I mean, he's quite frankly the fourth or fifth string running back for the Eagles, and they were down to their fourth and fifth string wide receivers with Nelson Aguilar ruled inactive, Elshon Jeffrey getting hurt in the first quarter. We don't know what Jeffrey's stats is. He could potentially be out. I mean, like, Mm -hmm. if you buy that the Eagles need to have somebody that does something, you could maybe talk me into Ortega Whiteside or Greg Ward as options as well. But, like, watching Mm -hmm. that game... It was painfully obvious, and quite frankly, it felt like watching a Packers game where the receivers could not get any separation, and Wentz was having to do so much in the pocket, out of the pocket, whatever else, just to make anybody get open. Thank God for Zach Ertz, I guess, if you're an Eagles fan, because they would have lost that game and lost the division right there Monday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and Zach Ertz was one of the players that did come through for fantasy owners this week. I know he had a couple rough weeks leading up to the playoffs, but he showed that, you know, he's a top three tight end as expected you know even though we've had it's funny even though we've had a lot of shakeup at the position I mean Ertz Kittle Kelsey have pretty much been steady so that that top three nobody got wrong yeah it's more so like week to week you couldn't always rely on it. I think Mark Andrews kind of surfaced in that but has joined that ranks of uh this week he throws a dud or you know gets hurt or something like that we saw it again this past against the Bills too and Darren Waller was so hot to begin the start of the season and has kind of tailed off as the Raiders have sort of tailed off and fallen out of the playoff mm-hmm. picture too so at least the top five I feel like is gonna be pretty solid um, for the tight ends like next year Jared Cook could be in the conversation too he had two touchdowns against the 49ers this past week but it'll be interesting to see I mean obviously uh, you know tight end has been a question mark all season long and uh, mm-hmm. you're, you'd be happy enough to have those three guys. So. Yeah, right on. Let, let's move over to the free agents, but first I want to get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. Of course, for sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today 
on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sports powered by BetMGM allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports and users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users 21 or older in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit Yahoo.com slash Daily Fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. Again, we've been doing this podcast all year now. I, I imagine listeners who are still around are, are very familiar with the, the format. We're going under 12 mm-hmm. teams, $100 waiver wire budget. At this point, I, I think it's going to be less important to talk about the dollar amount and just if you're going to go all in or not yep. on these fridges to pick up. Yeah, so it's, be, it's, it's yes or no. Yeah, or, or ranking the options at the positions. I don't know if there mm-hmm. really needs to be a financial tag tied to yeah, them, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, a handful of injuries, obviously, if you somehow survive this week, uh, chances are there's at least one roster spot that you need to get going. So uh, let's start off with the quarterbacks. Yeah, well, last week we talked about Jacoby Brissett uh, with T.Y. Hilton out, now Paris Campbell done for the season. I'm not sure he's great enough to use if you are now into the second or championship round of your playoff format. Mm-hmm. However, he did get 300-plus yeah. yards and a touchdown or two. I mean, he's startable in a two-quarterback league. Yes. I, I would say he's at New Orleans. We saw what Jimmy Garoppolo did. He, was, he made someone a millionaire uh, this week. Uh, so uh, it, it can be done even in that Saints home field, uh, much uh, Sean Payton's uh, you know anger there. But uh, anyway, no, Brissett's, Brissett's fine. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to get Hilton back, uh, Pascal. Uh, who is only, I think, 34% owned. He might be a sneaky target. He's got the running game back with Marlon Mack back in action. Uh, So he's got a couple of weapons back. And uh, would I rush to stream him? Probably not, but I'd say he's very startable in a two-quarterback league. Duck Hodges was... Duck Hodges, despite going against the Cardinals' defense, one of two 23-17 scorelines. Of course, the other one was this Monday Night Contest. The Steelers did come out ahead, but that was thanks to Deontay Johnson and his heroics, in particular the punt return touchdown. I mean, it wasn't so much Duck Hodges that did anything. But Ryan Tannehill is the name I think that a lot of people are going to be interested about. And much like Derrick Henry was a playoff winner for people last year, it's a different Titans player that's a playoff winner, and it's going to be Ryan Tannehill, the backup quarterback for the Titans that's now turned starter, who is at this point playing himself into a starting role next year for the Titans. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty clear in my opinion. Yeah, for as many people as I told to start Darius Geist this week, there's one guy that I told to start Tannehill over Fitzpatrick, and I hope and I hope that he that he heeded that advice. But I don't know, he was pretty sold on Fitzpatrick. So but anyway, no, Tannehill is uh sneaking his way into uh actually yeah, playoff winning type of uh, material, especially in a two quarterback league, if you snagged him after he took over the job. Unfortunately he's forty eight percent owned in Yahoo leagues right now, so I do feel a little shady throwing him out there as the top pick. But uh if you do need a quarterback for whatever reason, uh you know you mentioned Lamar Jackson's got an injured quad. He suddenly popped up on the injury report, and they've got a uh, they've Thursday got a thir- night contest. Yep, they've got a Thursday night game. It's against the Jets. I mean, granted, I think they've got a two game lead for that one seed now after the Patriots after lost the Patriots again. Patriots lost, yeah. So I could for again, this is, it's only a Tuesday pod. We're doing this Tuesday afternoon. This it's about twelve thirty Central Time, and. Um, we, I, I don't know for sure what's what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. I'm I would sure not hope be surprised. I would not be surprised mm-hmm. at all if they sit and given. I mean, the quad, it, it didn't sound serious from the reports that we got Monday and now a little bit here on Tuesday as well. The injury didn't sound serious. But if you're the Ravens and you're playing against the Jets, what is the point 
I think you could have your offense revolve pretty similarly with RG3. Why don't you, yeah, just run the Heisman formation. <laughs> Do 70% of the stuff that you've been doing all season long a little less effective with RG3, but you know that RG3 is going to be motivated. I mean, he's been talking about how he's trying to play mm-hmm. himself into his starter role as his back, but I, I was confused mm-hmm. by those comments. But hell, if he does well enough against the Jets this week, there is no reason, in my opinion, that he could Some team be. will sign him. I but, mean, like, there's a lot of quarterbacks out there that are getting up there in age. He's like the Teddy Bridgewater backup role, I think, mm-hmm. if he does well in this contest. So it's a very big prove it game and I, yeah. I i could very well see lamar jackson out so i guess the question becomes yeah, so the idea is that's why we bring lamar jackson up because if you own lamar jackson there's a pretty dang good chance you're in the playoffs right oh you're yeah. still in the playoffs so if you if, if lamar jackson gets ruled let's just give you a hypothetical jake would you rather have rg3 against the jets on thursday again we're assuming jackson's out or a guy like ryan fitzpatrick who i think fits our criteria a lot more uh owned a 23 percent on yahoo leagues going against the jets or i'm sorry the giants defense this week, of course, we don't know Devontae Parker's stats. He left uh, Sunday's game pretty early on, too. He and Mike Evans are kind of like the playoff ruiners for a lot of people. Uh, I guess, thankfully, not thankfully me. Uh, I didn't have Devontae Parker in a lot of places, but it have been great. I know you did, um, so that probably hurt you, too. Yeah, if, add it to the list. If, <laughs> yeah, chalk it up uh, 13 minutes, and then we're already uh, ready to tear apart this podcast. So would you rather have RG3 or Fitzpatrick's? I think that's kind of where the conversation might boil down to. Um. You know, RG3 brings an interesting, uh, you know, factor in there with his rushing ability. So he brings up that fantasy floor a little bit. But I think Fitzpatrick's one that's a lot more likely to end up throwing two or three touchdown passes. So I guess I'd go Fitzpatrick. Uh, also, you know, with the short week to prep, you know, for a full game plan, maybe that's another factor. I guess I'd go Fitzpatrick, but I'd almost be looking at now we don't know which one it's going to be. But uh, I'd consider going to the Daniel Jones, Eli Manning train uh, against the Dolphins. It this sounds week? like it's Eli. It, it sounds, sounds like, like it's going to be Eli. Okay, because I was because the last I, I looked at right before the show. I mean, again, that was you know probably an hour ago at this point, but it was still up in the air. So okay. uh, that might be a situation you'll have to watch up until kickoff. But I think I would take the Giants' quarterback over some of those guys because the thing is, is uh, I forget I can't, I can't pinpoint where I got the stat from, but I don't think I think last week or, or this week Monday night was the first time they've had Saquon, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard. And was Evan, Evan He wasn't active, so no. they, they still were unable were to still, have yeah, all their guys. They still didn't have all their guys, but if, it's been closer than they've been of late. And Engram actually sounds like he might be ruled out for the rest of the season, too. It, mm. was, it wasn't okay. so much a setback, but like a, if you can't play this game, what's the point of you playing any of the other games? And he was pr- trending uh, available on Friday, had a setback on Saturday, so to speak. Uh, okay. And now we're to the point where I don't know if he plays again this mm-hmm. year. But Caden Smith, the backup tight end for the Giants, well, I guess third mm-hmm. stinkers, Brett Ellison's been out with a concussion, too, has been... Good enough, mm-hmm. and and I think the, the whole receiving core is healthy. I mean, they yes. have three, you know, in Shepard, Tate, and Slayton. They've now have three established receivers in there, and and they're all going to continue to play. So for that reason, I'll still do the pick on the Dolphins thing, um, just because. I mean, you can take either quarterback, you can take either defense. It's one of those kind of games in this Miami uh, Giants game. I guess I'd land with the home team, you know, right. as long as the weather's fine. So you're ranking it, uh, Eli Manning, Daniel Jones, whatever one. Then Ryan Fitzpatrick, then RG three. Yeah, I'd almost put her. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't even think to rank it like that. See, I'm so torn. You know, you got to go to Tannehill first, and then probably go. I'm, to, I'm not counting Tannehill in yeah. this conversation. Like mm-hmm. I, I assume, like he would be the first. one. I haven't thought group. about whether I want to put Brissett above. I'll take RG three above Brissett. I think actually. No, I don't know. I, th- I think I. Yeah. 
again, it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to make a bet because we don't know what the situation is yeah, going to be, and that's going to change I'll, a lot. The, I bring this up because I'll take obviously Tannehill's number one, but again, I'm assuming he's not available in most places that might need him. So mm-hmm. Tannehill's number one. I'll take Fitzpatrick above the the Giants duo of quarterbacks, and then I'll go RG three above Brissett. But I, that's that's kind of where I'm at mm-hmm. right now. I'm assuming. If RG3 is playing, he's operating the same role as Lamar Jackson, which means he's getting you four to five points on the ground, and that's kind of where I feel like it balances over Bursette. Yeah, you know, I'm looking at that list again. I think I put RG3 last on the list. Okay. I, I, I see what's I'm not, happening. I'm not bored betting it. The, the Jets are, uh, uh, yeah, exactly, because we just don't know enough about the situation. But yeah, I'd put RG3 last on the list. I would not start him in a single QB league. I would call him startable in a two QB league if, he, if it's getting deep. But uh, and, and chances are that might be where you need to go. If you're, if you're Lamar Jackson, an owner in a two quarterback league, uh, you know, Tannehill's definitely. Gone, you oh, know, he's for he's taken. Man. Someone's probably still holding on to Daniel Jones. They probably picked up Eli Manning last week when you didn't think you'd have any Lamar Jackson issue. Um, you know, Brissett and Fitzpatrick are probably out there, so that could be your only option, and yeah. that would be fair. Uh, you cool with running on to running over to the running backs? Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. I think we we always hit the we always start out hot with the QB yeah. streamers. Probably <laughs> go a little longer, <laughs> a little longer than we should, but we should, we we should be like the unofficial two quarterback league podcast yeah, of are, all fantasy, fantasy football podcasts. At least there's one thing we can pat ourselves in the back for. Uh, we talked about Alexander Madison last week, Raheem Mostert, Patrick Laird. You were uh, you were pooping on my boy Laird uh, last week, and he ended up doing pretty good as the featured back for the Dolphins. Now mm-hmm. this goes back to why I like Fitzpatrick. Laird is much more of a dynamic threat as a receiver than a running back, but he did well enough where he was probably the best out of that group. It's well, I guess week I 15 and we're calling Patrick Laird the dynamic threat, folks. I mean, <laughs> at this point, I'll finally concede that, yes, he can be useful for fantasy. He's no longer uh, the joke that I insinuated it was among the fantasy community a couple weeks ago. I mean, it, it was a DFS joke that week, but now it's actually like, okay, he's 21% owned. And the only reason I think about it is because He's the guy. I mean, it's not like Miles Gaskin's going to suddenly jump up and steal carries. Right. He's the guy, and he's got the Giants and the Bengals coming up. Uh, so a really good fantasy championship matchup, just in case you're not getting Josh Jacobs back, who was a starter all year long, or, or you know, just in case something else happened that ruined your confidence if you're sitting on Damian Williams or or any of those situations, Jordan Howard, any of those guys that are out. Or you, yeah. so, uh, so he's in play. I'll give him that. Is he the top running back pickup this week? It's it's Mostert, and I, I should have said that. I, mean, I said that Laird was the best score level. That's that was clearly not the case. Mostert had over 100 total yards, uh, 69 rushing, 40 receiving, and two touchdowns. And obviously that crazy high scoring game, 49 uh, 46 for the 49ers over the Saints. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, I was at the Packers Redskins game, so all of the noon games were just arbitrary scores on the scoreboard. And when I saw how high scoring that was, I was shocked. But not as shocked as seeing the Broncos up 35 to 10 or whatever it was against the Texans. Like that was, mm-hmm. there were so many weird things that I feel like if I was actually watching the games live, like I normally do on Sundays, I would have been really annoyed. So I'm almost thankful that I had to sit through that, quite frankly, boring Packers Redskins game. It was, it was not fun. I went with my wife and we both walked away and said that was the most boring Packers game we've ever been to. Yeah, <laughs> at least it wasn't uh, freezing cold. I think we still had above freezing, or was it not? Oh, no, it was forty. It was, it was, it was I was going to say we had, we had degrees, forty in Madison yes. yesterday. At least, I mean, of course, granted today's seventeen. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, um, but so back to what I'm saying though, like Mostert obviously uh, did pretty well. I think he is quite clearly, if he's not already over fifty percent owned, uh, the guy. He has over six hundred rushing yards. Like 
I don't know how that happened or like when that happened, but he has mm-hmm. close to 800 total yards, now has six touchdowns on the season. He has surpassed uh, Tevin Coleman very clearly as far as lead back for the 49ers. And I think at this point needs to be the guy that not overall for running backs, like top pickup over every position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I'd agree with you. Definitely putting him over Laird. Uh, definitely putting him over the second candidate on the list, Adrian Peterson. He's 40% owned, so he fits our bill. Darius Geis, uh, you know, apologies to anyone out there who I mentioned. Maybe they should start Darius Geis this week because I know I definitely did on the radio. Oh, it was a too. great matchup, but uh, this is one where yeah, I'm going to apologize even though I don't need to because he got hurt. So I, well, I, I, get, I get the bill out there. You don't, you don't have to apologize at all. Like I, Again, I was at that game. Geis was going for 150 like he was, he was knifing up for whatever the reason. That first drive or two, they used Adrian Peterson. He did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, the Adrian Peterson could... would be a Hall of Famer if he played every single game. Or, I mean, oh, he is a Hall of Famer, yes. probably. He would, but he'd be like an instant Hall of First Ballot. Even more of an even more of an instant than Eli Manning. Yeah, unanimous. Exactly. <laughs> Eli Manning, whose career record is now below five hundred, by the way. Um, but no, he'd be an instant unanimous first ballot if he played every game at Lambeau Field because oh, yeah. he torches the Packers. Adrian, he, he Pe- I've seen way too many games at Lambeau where Adrian Peterson has just lit them up. They cannot stop him but and Darius Geis, Geis you're right great. he was yeah. on his way to doing that before uh, you know I get no, almost as bad he as Rashad Penny dirty, he called it a dirty hit did you see that report that I didn't see the specific hit no I was uh well he said after the game guys like that was a dirty hit by Darnell Savage and I was at the game it looked like a very clean tackle obviously he hit the knee but like when you're trying to bring down a guy that mm-hmm. is like 240 and can run a 4-4 I, I don't know what else you do than cut his legs out like yeah it well you can't go for the head so I guess you go for the legs now right yeah he called it a, a, a cheap shot a dirty shot and I, I never got that but I saw maybe mm-hmm. on the replay you saw something and this different. is a guy who who's had a history of knee troubles at this point. Yes, so you have to determine, um, I don't know, in keeper leagues, like he's probably going to be one that you might want to let go. Uh, I think I hold on to him. Depends on how deep the dynasty is. If yeah. you can keep 10 players, then I hold on to him. If you can keep two players, you seriously oh, probably have sure, to let him go. Sure. So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think Adrian Peterson is, is close to being done. But at this point, it's probably Mostert and then Peterson that are the top two pickups because mm-hmm. Chris Thompson is not the guy that they're going to be using. And, and the Redskins, for as many struggles mm-hmm. as they seem to have, continue to use the running back almost exclusively in their offense. Mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin had a great fancy day thanks to literally one drive at the end that was complete garbage time for the Redskins. I made the game look close. Yeah, I mean, and I hate those kinds because it'll be like, oh, the Packers are so great in one-score games. Well, that wasn't a one-score game. Now, mm-hmm. they should have scored more than they did, but that's a different conversation yeah, entirely. Yes, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, looking at the list, I mean, all the injuries are, are starting to clear up a little bit. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's back at practice. So, Belial Powell, that was kind of a late waiver wire pop-up that we couldn't yeah, – that wasn't on time. The news didn't come on time for us. They hit it last week. He's no longer in play anymore. Uh, Rashad Penny tore his ACL. But uh, Chris Carson's going to be the workhorse there, and he's already 100 yeah, percent owned. Yeah. So there's nothing to nothing to see there. Um, so if you're looking at you know uh, Mostert, Adrian Peterson, Patrick Laird, it's probably more attainable at 21. percent Those guys are all flexible. I'd say that. Um, but what about uh, the other two backfields? I want to look at are Oakland and Kansas City. Kansas City has got an injury situation. We're not going to know about until uh, closer to kickoff here. Uh, what's going on with Darwin Thompson? I used him in DFS. I caught him at like 0.1% owned. Didn't quite do what I'd hoped he'd done, but maybe I'm a week early with that because we still don't know about Damian Williams' rib injury and Lashawn McCoy could be fumbling down. So right. you never know. Darwin Thompson could have an explosive game, but I think I'd maybe lean. I'd look at that Oakland backfield first a little bit to see maybe DeAndre Washington's only eight percent, and if Jacobs is done, then I wish I could combine 
De- I, just, I wish I could just make DeAndre Richard and call it one back, and yeah. then we'd be okay. You, you but that's the tough that. part here. The the thing though, and and everybody that was. I guess, paying attention at this point. And quite frankly, if you had Josh Jacobs, you probably should have been aware of what could happen. But it felt like, at least when I was watching on Twitter, everyone was surprised that he was like ruled inactive at the end. And I was talking with a friend who was also in the playoffs and lost because of this Josh Jacobs injury. And he picked up Ricard right away because that had the higher score overall. Ricard's obviously more of the receiving back, but you look at what Washington did, 53 yards carrying the ball on 14 carries and also had six of seven targets for 43 yards. So he had 96 total yards and a touchdown, whereas Ricard only had, I think, uh, 46 combined mm-hmm. yards. It's very clearly Washington in the backfield. Yep. It reminds me a lot of the Chargers backfield before Melvin Gordon came, where it was Austin Eckler about 70 to 75%, and then Justin Jackson chipping in for another 30 to 40 yards. That's what I think this situation could be, and Washington, as a result, he might not... Yeah, I, Boy, I think I have Washington ahead of Peterson. I, most hurt first. But then Washington, because Josh Jacobs has a separated shoulder. Like Peterson does have the Eagles this week, who are have the fifth best uh, fantasy points allowed to opposing running backs in standard formats. And Peterson is definitely more of a standard format oh, than a sure. PPR Absolutely. format, uh, which is why I look at that. So the matchup isn't great for Peterson, whereas uh, DeAndre Washington here, I'm, I'm throwing this up. Going Man, against these, Jacksonville, the, the second, third worst defense against the run. I think it's Washington. It's Mostert and Washington very clearly as the top two options. Yeah, uh, with Festivus coming up, you want to add to my list of grievances here. How about Jacksonville just laying a complete and utter egg and having no reason to use Leonard Fournette or anyone else in the passing game later on? And, and it got so bad that Keenan Allen got benched. I had Keenan Allen and Leonard Fournette in you know that same matchup that yeah. you know, it should and have I'll, been good. I'll, I'll add on, I had some financial incentive on Melvin Gordon going over 90 plus rushing yards. I thought that was an easy lock and quite frankly it should have been if they didn't get out 35 nothing, they took him out in the third quarter, yep, and then they took Austin Eckler out in the third <laughs> quarter as well, like directly after, only after he got 180 combined total yards. Like a, I don't know, man. Like I've mm-hmm. I've missed on Jacksonville twice now. Ronald Jones obviously yep. had my disgruntle last week, now Melvin Gordon this mm-hmm. week, but it's been so frustrating. The moral of the story is the Jags had a pretty good defense a couple years ago. You know, threatened. I think they made the playoffs once, but now they're 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 bad. They're like what everyone thinks the Jacksonville Jaguars are. They're, they're just not good. The defense used to be a strong point. Now they're 30th in the league in rushing yards. So DeAndre, DeAndre Washington, yeah, he sneaks up that list more than I originally more than I originally Same. gave him. I didn't even I, realize. I, I, I had to think about it a little bit I'll more. Go, yeah, Peterson's tough because I think he gets more carries probably, but I think I'd be willing to put DeAndre Washington as more startable than Patrick Laird. Well, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously, Jake, he's going to be more startable than Patrick Laird. I let's don't know, just, man. Let's just I, everyone it. seems everyone seems to just be really, really stroking this Patrick Laird situation. It's because you you wouldn't expect it. It's not because he's like doing good. I mean, mm-hmm. would you be really happy with sixty total yards and a couple of catches? No. All right. So if we can tandem these rankings, we're going Mostert. Yes. Then I'm DeAndre, DeAndre Washington. Yes. Then Adrian Peterson. Then Patrick Laird. Yes, that is that's probably how I'm going, and I think Alexander Madison. If you are considering dropping him, do not. I don't yeah, care I that Dalvin him, yep. Cook came back healthy. Do not drop him. This is still a reason mm-hmm. to hold on to Madison, but he's very clearly fifth of that group. Any interest at all in uh, Darwin Thompson? Or, no, I yeah. mean you brought him up, but I think it's a, a worthwhile conversation. But when there's so many other guys that we just mentioned, three mm-hmm. that are maybe Peterson's not available, but I think in most cases, Moster and Washington are like, especially Washington. You need to be going after those guys before you go after that Chiefs backfield at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. And a, a matchup against Denver isn't, you know, is, isn't the craziest matchup either. So I, I okay, 
Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's we'll move to the wide receivers, but first I want to get a word from our sponsors, Armchair Quarterback. Armchair Quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. Do you know what the next play is going to be? Predict it and earn points. Climb the leaderboard and increase your chance to win tickets and prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers, and we'll be posting the leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week we're playing the Saints and Colts on Monday night. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com armchair quarterback make every game bigger i mean we could talk about uh predicting plays but if you could have predicted all the injuries occurred to the wide receiver position this week that would have essentially got you through because you look at some of these these names that were imagined on most playoff rosters dj chark kelvin ridley mike evans ty hilton like this was this was a death kneel for a lot of playoff teams in particular mm-hmm. i know i had mike evans in two leagues I think he would have had a 50-burger in that I, game if he yes. doesn't go down. I mean, right. he, at least Evans, I mean, he got a 60-yard touchdown, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, for at least salvaging the day and, you know, making me actually have to sweat out, you know, at the end a little bit. Otherwise, I'd have just been toast early and right. I'd have known when to throw in the towel. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I can't I can't harp him so much. I hope he's okay. But, man, he stays healthy. That's a 50-point fantasy game. That's the best wide receiving fantasy game of the year, the way that that game was shaping up. I'm um, just I again I was at the the Redskins Packers games so I didn't get to watch it and I, I see the scoreline for the Buccaneers I'm like oh yes I I needed I needed both a big game from Odell Beckham who we don't even have on this list because God knows what the Browns are doing and what Odell Beckham is doing mm-hmm. so I needed a big game from Odell and I needed a big game from Mike Evans and I felt pretty certain that I was going to get it from one or the other I benched Amari Cooper for Odell Beckham that ended up being my loss that was like the the one decision I could have made but Mike Evans getting hurt completely dictates and I know I write a lot on Twitter of course about um, about that mess but I mean now we have to kind of figure out what to do from here so T.Y. Hilton again out for the week or, or I guess week to week I should say Paris Campbell done for the season placed on IR he did um, come back this past week mm-hmm. out Calvin Ridley on IR he's done for the season with an abdominal injury DJ Char is listed as day-to-day and also week-to-week. So Fun. thanks, Doug Marone, for really helping us out on that one. Of course, we're recording on Tuesday. No idea what's going to happen from the Jacksonville receiving core. It's A.J. Brown, who's only owned in 27% leagues. That I mean, this should be like 50 or 60% mm-hmm. with all these injuries. And I think he's the top guy, specifically if you have Mike Evans, that you need to go ahead and pick up, right? Yeah, for... It's between A.J. Brown and probably Zach Pascal because Pascal's still only 35% owned. We don't know about T.Y. Hilton. Paris Campbell's done. They signed Dontrell Inman. Ooh, Ooh, I like Inman. So, so yeah, I guess uh, it would be between Brown or Pascal. And if you can't get to either of those guys for whatever reason— I guess maybe you look to Anthony Miller at 20%. Or, I, yeah, he's or, been great in a PPR league mm-hmm. for sure. Or maybe even Brashad Perriman would be the other example because with Evans out 83.3%, they're at Detroit this week. Who knows? Jameis will probably – again, I, I need to log who does these on Twitter. I just had these random flashes of memory. But someone said the Jameis Winston slash opposing defense DFS stack has been like the best possible DFS stack all season oh, long. okay. I thought you were going to say uh, compare Peyton Manning's second year numbers. It was 2005 Peyton Manning with Jameis Winston, and they were literally identical in Jeez. terms of interceptions, <laughs> touchdowns, and passing yards. That's like crazy. Completely, and, and mm. of course, obviously. Peyton but this Manning, game, this game on the road in Detroit again has very similar vibes. Jameis Winston will turn the ball over a couple times. Uh, I don't know how far away is from a record, but it's got to be creeping up there. And then he'll throw his way back into it. it just he just doesn't have Mike Evans to do it this time. So uh, over under 47 and a half in that game. AJ Brown Titans. Houston Texans over runners at 50. 
Ooh, see, okay, that makes things interesting. And I mean, we were all about Tannehill as the number one quarterback. Yeah. So I think, it's, I think it has to be AJ Brown. Like, no doubt, AJ Brown is the top pickup. Yeah. And then I, I like I think Perriman is probably third behind Pascal in my opinion. And I like Anthony Miller quite a bit. He's been able to do very well in my DFS lineups when I'm, I'm looking to target those single or two game slates. But mm-hmm. I, I think it has to be Perriman given what we imagine the offense is going to do. OJ Howard, of course, stepped up when it was too late for everybody else. He had four catches, 73 yards and a touchdown or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, he's someone that we can definitely discuss in the tight end section right. just because with Evans being gone, they need another mild um, feed. And maybe, you know, maybe he's starting to turn the corner a little bit, but chances are it's pretty foolproof whenever we recommend O.J. Howard, he gets benched for doing something stupid <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. first quarter. So At this point, yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, uh, so, so you're right. I think, uh, you know, A.J. Brown's got to be the number one guy. Great matchup. Texans are 30th at defending opposing wide receivers in standard in PPR. Uh, they are also 30th. So, uh, again, a, a defense that Drew Locke lit up last week. There are going to be a lot of six seeds that continue to win matchups because they're suddenly using a Tannehill-A.J. Brown stack this week. True. That's the crazy thing about fantasy sometimes. So, uh, yeah, definitely A.J. Brown. I'll, you know, I'll throw, in, I'll throw in Zach Pascal one more time just because they're running out of options, and he seems to be the double-digit target getter. And, uh, you know, I, I picked him up in stake league last week. He's probably going to be my Devontae Parker replacement if he can't go, and I feel – just fine about that. Pascal playing the Saints on Monday night. I do like having players on Monday night, even though mm-hmm. this is a tougher matchup. And it's interesting. So Pascal is probably number two in our wide receiver board. You could make a case. Russell Gage now steps in as the Falcons number two receiver. Going against the 49ers, it really depends on what you think of these two defenses from last week's game. Again, they, they combined for 90-plus points. Like, do you, do you think that it was a weird one-game-off sort of situation or the 49ers and Saints defense, which have been good for large portions of the year, of course, 49ers better, but the Saints mm-hmm. have been more than adequate. Uh, was that just a weird thing, or is this now a repeatable situation where Pascal and Russell Gage could really take advantage of what might be a bad match? I can't imagine so, but I guess I'm here mm-hmm. curious in your opinion. Yeah, I don't think the 49ers defense, I'll be willing to say that they're not just an automatic avoid anymore. You know, they used to be one of the, you know, the toughest matchups to go to. Even, but after a couple of weeks of, you know, giving up some points, the Packers, of course, couldn't figure it out. But the next couple of teams did get to them a little bit. So uh, I wouldn't say they're an automatic avoid. And, and, and yeah, I guess you could consider it. So we've, that's we've where talked I about um, probably the primary pickups in the running back and wide receiver. I'll give you our top options so far. So Raheem Mostert, DeAndre Washington, A.J. Brown. I think all three are very, very clearly put your budget in on them. But if you had to rank the three, how would it go? Because I think A.J. Brown might need to be in that conversation as above those two running backs. Yeah, he deserves to be in the conversation for sure. But I think uh, I think I still got to go with Mostert as number one uh, just because of the way that this has gone. Uh, you know, I did tell someone that I'm done with Tevin Coleman. So one of the few good calls I made uh, this past week. Uh, but Mostert, you know, getting 60% of the snaps there. Um, not scared of Coleman or Brito a whole lot anymore. Gets the Falcons. I would say Mostert's still number one. But A.J. Brown could sneak into that number two just because of the receiver. Just because Tannehill's hot. And he can just ride that hot streak through the playoffs. He's having like a... Um, I forget the, the uh, like a Doug Baldwin playoffs you know, oh, or something sure, like that. Yeah. If, you can, if you can remember that. And again, the, that, the, the matchup is great against mm-hmm. the Texans. I think that's the highest over under yeah. on the week 15 slate overall. Again, mm-hmm. with 50 points, Vegas seems to be in a high scoring game. Of course, Derrick Henry absolutely massacred me. He was the, uh, the one of four players that got 25 plus points in that matchup. I need Carson wants to get 31 Derrick Henry. Yeah. And you talked about, there were so many number one seeds that lost to number four, number six. I was among that conversation, and when I was number six and played number one, I got blown up by 40 points. So mm-hmm. thanks, uh, Fantasy Football, for yeah. making me so frustrated. All right, so so to recap, we're going Brown, Pascal, 
Miller Gage. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brown Brown and Pascal are, are very clearly need to be owned. I'm yeah. not sure Miller uh, and Gage belong mm-hmm. in that conversation. I also think uh, Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson both have concussions. If I read that right, yeah. so maybe you throw Alan Hearns in the mix if you need a deep flyer. But well, that's... actually, no, it, it isn't Alan Hearns. Uh, Jerry Donabedian was doing a great job actually live tweeting the thing, and then. Uh, Let's say we had uh, Mario Puig also come back up and talk about Isaiah Ford led the 49ers in, or sorry, 49ers Dolphins in receiving targets. He had six, he had six catches, 92 yards and nine targets in that field goal fest on Sunday with the Dolphins and mm-hmm. Jets. So it's actually Isaiah Ford that probably is worth fitting in. I don't know if I put him above, I put yeah. him above Russell Gage, but I don't think Anthony Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 55 snaps last week for Ford, six for 92. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. And uh, you can probably cut him out for that, but yeah, at the Giants is a, is a solid matchup. Yeah, should we move on to the tight ends? I mean, obviously, O.J. Howard, we discussed a little bit to the, the filling in as uh, the second receiver de jure behind uh, Chris Goblin, Mike Evans done for the season, most likely. Uh, we talked about Tyler Higby. Of course, he had a great week. We had our Jeremy Sprinkle, Jeremy Sprinkle Darren Fells bet. I, I'll be honest, Spr- uh, Sprinkle wasn't even targeted, and I think I still got close to winning it with the two and a half points that you spotted me. Yeah, see, the thing is, is uh, because <laughs> you're a nutless monkey and had to do the points— <laughs> You won by point four points. So, I don't even so you're gonna you're that. gonna you're gonna take a you're gonna you're gonna take a win on a guy that got zero, zero targets yeah, because of your that. your supreme Jeremy Sprinkle knowledge. I don't, there. So I you don't can even, feel real great about that. No, you can just I feel don't. great about that. I'm not even gonna make you fess up. We've got we've got three weeks left, and I'll do some other stupid bet to do a double or nothing on that. I'm not ready to pay that out. No, because. And, you sh- and you shouldn't because I was watching that game and he did absolutely nothing. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm calling out hey, he time was, for Sprinkle time. Nothing happened. He was really impressive on special teams, Joe. He was he was just really Really impressive. So, anytime, so yeah, great anytime caller. I can win a bet with zero points scored by my player, though, I have to feel mm-hmm. pretty good. Like, well, I was sitting there, like looking at <laughs> in, in third in the third quarter. I was like, okay, Fels has got two catches for two yards. All right, they are getting crushed right now. They just need to throw to him one more time. And Will Fuller was inactive too, so that left one less guy to throw to. They just need to throw to him one more time, uh, and it didn't happen. But. Uh, <laughs> That's, two and oh, that's two and one, on board yeah, bets. Yeah, that's one that you got to feel a little guilty about winning. I won't make you pay it out, yeah. but two and oh on board bets, man, I'm feeling really good. And, of course, we go back to the Mitch Trubisky call in, like, podcast three that we did at the beginning of the season. And, boy, that one flamed out real mm-hmm. fast. Look, hey, not so fast. <laughs> I was going to say, he's, he's done great. <laughs> I know. i I got to put my scene out of Lee Corso. <laughs> not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, is, I mean, uh, David Njoku's back from injured reserve. I don't even know what he ended up doing this past week. Was it anything, like, remotely good? Obviously. 21 I, snaps, he caught one pass. Yeah, I think he's, he's sounds still like every other time. He's end. technically behind. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> behind Ricky Seals Jones on the depth chart, probably. Um, again, I, I wanted to mention it. It's a name people know, but uh, because he was there was a point in his career when he was hyped. Uh, I'm not ready to pick him up and start him by any means. And I'd be more. I'd probably be more likely to go with one of those. Fells Goddard touchdown coin flip guys right. than than uh, and than well Goddard actually point. ends up being I was surprised by how little he was influence uh, influencing the Monday night game because we don't know what the receivers are going to be for the Eagles they had only two guys active I don't know if you saw this they were actually considering putting Josh McCown at wide receiver by the end of the game like that that was the next man up forty year old backup Josh McCown who was a high school coach to start the season was going to be a starting receiver in a football game in week fourteen. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I mean, One hey, injury away. Goddard had six targets. He caught three for 41. So, I mean, there's something there. They do use a lot of two tight end sets. So, uh, even I think he would be your guy. Do I even have um, I, percent owner? close he, to 45%, I would imagine, mm-hmm. at this point. Like yeah, at this point. I, I, he was one of the guys that I picked up 
out of uh, in an O.J. Howard lead and just never let go necessarily. Which was so, a good call. I mean, that, yeah. that's kind of what you had to do at this point of the season. He's actually 61% owned, so you can't even go get him now probably. Yeah, that's, I would imagine yeah. so. I, Shed a tear. So, again, Gerald Everett uh, was is still out, so Tyler Higby, but I imagine he's available or, or taken to most leagues too. Tight end's a wasteland. Like I, I think the four or six teams that are left in the playoffs right now. Higby's only 22%. If you want him, you can get him. Okay. At Dallas, they're like 20th against supposing tight ends. So. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess that's that's about the only option. I mean, it was not very great um, mm-hmm. for when I was looking at it. Yeah, the only thing with uh, the, the Rams situation, though, is the receiving core is finally getting, getting healthy here, so they don't necessarily need to throw to the tight end. Well, yeah, but Higby was a, a pretty big factor, of course, against the Cardinals, which we knew, but even this past week was mm-hmm. a really big influence in the Rams' yeah. offense. Seahawks are actually pretty brutal against tight ends, too, here. so or They're pretty brutal as well, so you know the matchup, I guess, fared fared pretty well let's move over to the defenses of course i've been touting the eagles for weeks for this stretch they let me down against the dolphins i was already burned in so many leagues that i didn't even check what the eagles final score was but i don't think they forced a turnover they might have gotten a sack or two i think at this point it probably has to chalk up yeah. as a loss i had a solid jake elliott eagles stack in a in a league that meant nothing that's all it's going to do is like improve my manager rating on yahoo <laughs> to get these stupid wins at this point um yeah they got like four points so no, nothing to great, see there great. um looking Eli at streamers Manning this in week the rain monday night and the eagles get four points God, yeah I hate exactly hey you know you can't measure eli playing uh, for the hall of fame and yes. in, in, in fantasy it is below rankings. 500 record Thanks, um man. yeah exactly uh so I don't know. Looking at the streams, not a whole lot jumped out, but I'm interested in Tampa Bay at Detroit. Tampa Bay's four percent owned. They've had, you know, they, they've been very boomer bust from a fantasy standpoint. So it's tough. I mean, if you've been streaming defenses, probably most defenses that are owned are better. But you know, you get third string quarterback with Detroit. It's on the road and indoors. So you know, maybe you could find a, a home team with a with a some some poor weather leading up to that. Yeah. But I don't know. Looking at, at the list of under fifty percent guys, I think Tampa Bay was the one I was picking. Where but, are the Bills? They they could have been dropped against Lamar Jackson this past week. They played the oh, Steelers. Gotta, I I doubt that very much. The Bills have been playing pretty solid defense all year. Let me see if I can get. Uh, They're probably gonna be like ninety percent on. Yeah, uh, see, I hate the search function that yeah. won't let me do defenses <laughs> unless I go back and click on the page to start out with. But um, no, it's not playing nice with me right now. All I, right. I can't find their ownership, but I doubt it's over fifty percent or it's it's under fifty percent. I so. guess that would be the other one that I'm looking at. I mean, obviously the Patriots are going to be owned. They play the Bengals. Uh, you know, scandal or not on the taping of the game, that's a non non concern for me. I don't think you want to have the Packers defense defense against the Bears. Um, normally you'd be targeting them, but Trubisky and oh, company seem to be doing pretty good. I was looking in a league that does not use team defenses, oh. hence why they did not show up. Yeah, you're you're having a tough day. It's we, just wait till Sunday, mm-hmm. and you can enjoy all the fights and everything. Exactly. Well, Saturday is when I Saturday, enjoy all Saturday. the fights. Sundays <laughs> when I'll sleep, I will wake up and I will gamble a little bit. Um, and yeah, probably regret the night before. But the Bills are sixty five percent on, so they're okay. not out there. That's a degree of availability if someone fell asleep. So maybe you think about it. But uh, if it's not for the Bills, I guess I'm going Tampa. Um, do you buy this Kansas City defense momentum, or are they who we think they are? Well, I I would have thought yes, but evidently Drew Locke is an All Pro quarterback. And shout out to Sid the Kid two 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 who um, asked on a question earlier this week about who to start a quarterback and I was I, I I really tried to toe the line 
when answering these questions, I never go out on a limb. I mean, we're taught that at mm-hmm. this point on when we're doing these, like you give reasons as to why, but you never want to go super strong. And I pretty much said that Locke is bad. Like I, I'm, I'm still convinced that Locke is not mm-hmm. a good quarterback, but boy, he proved me wrong against the Texans. At this point, I don't know if I want to roll with him against the Chiefs. Would you have thought they'd be up by 35 points or whatever it was no. against the Texans? I mean, if you'd have, found a, the Pats? If you'd have found a hundred different fantasy analysts to tweet and set his lineup for, I, he, 99 of them would have told him to start Derek Carr over Drew Locke, yeah. and the other one would have just gotten laughed at by everybody else. And I think Carr ended up doing fine. Now, not Drew Locke, three touchdowns, mm-hmm. 300 plus yards. I think fine, he had a 20 point fantasy day because he had to, you know, 263 and two touchdowns, throwing 17 rushing yards. That's a fine fantasy day. I, just, I would not have expected Locke to get that. Even, you know, the, the Houston defense was starting to look better, and, the, you know, they're starting to, you know, the pass rush was coming back even after several key losses. And then, you know, they took sometimes apart the Patriots yeah. the week before. Like, we just watched the week before them handle the Patriots, and then they lay mm-hmm. that egg. That maybe the Patriots. The Broncos? Maybe the Patriots aren't who they thought they were. Now that they're no yeah, longer get to play. True. Maybe I mean they don't. They don't get to play cupcakes every week. Uh, they're cheaters. <laughs> well, we knew that from like years past. Yeah. This is nothing I mean, new. like they're double, double, triple stamp what cheaters you, now. We, we're we're we can we can spend a little bit of time on the podcast about this because let's face it, we're uh, both bummed about the loss that we've suffered so far. Mm-hmm. When you saw the news that they were evidently watching the tape of the Bengals game, my first thought was why? Like what? What purpose? Yep. Like what's the point? But then be like. Yeah, and like it, it was such a whatever. Like I just don't care. Yeah. This is what they do, kind of thing. That I I completely shrugged that report. Yeah, off. yeah, no, it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I yeah, mean, okay, they, and <laughs> you know that's yeah, that's exactly it. it's 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 like oh wait, so they're not doing this for every single game then? Because <laughs> right. if they're doing it for the Bengals game, all right, if they've got some TV crew masked and set up and it's doing it for the Bengals game. Then you have to assume they're doing it for every single game, and is they're stealing signals in every single game. Can I can I apply to be a Patriots plant that goes to different? I don't think stadiums. Belichick would be the greatest boss. That's the only thing that would that would oh, make I think me that'd hesitant. Be fun, like I've always wanted to be a covert spy. So why not make a covert <laughs> NFL spy? This needs to be a Jason Bay movie. Why has he not made this mm-hmm. yet with Transformers or something also in there that are? They should do it with soccer because in soccer you'd actually get killed. <laughs> The stakes are higher. In, yes. In, no. in, in the Actually, European I don't know. I, I, I do not know what Belichick is capable of and that organization <laughs> is capable of. So, uh, oh geez. Uh, before I, I get into con- too many conspiracy theories, we should probably wrap this we're, up. We're at the point of the podcast where we, we probably need to, to kill it before we can save our jobs for the rest of the year. At least mm-hmm. finish this podcast out relatively strong. I hope for the rest of you uh, out there listening that have made it through the 45 minutes plus for uh, this broadcast that you uh, have a chance at winning the fantasy championships. I hope that you are a number one seed because mm-hmm. as a fellow number one seed out there who's lost multiple times, carry me home. I'm, yeah. I'm living through you at this exactly. point, and I'm believing in you and your well, roster decisions. And, and the thing is, is, we still have stake bets on the line here, so we're going to yeah, be doing the I waiver don't. wire every single week. Oh, okay, man, maybe you I've dug yourself too big of a hole. Now. Yes, but we still, well, I still have stake bets on the line, So, and I don't know. I, I, I like to troll other owners in my league and also make my Yahoo manager rating look really nice. I'm still making pickups so for the rest of the year. So you'll split some of the uh, stake league money with me? You'll, you'll make the bill not so bad for me since I'm helping you Set some stake legal apps that actually matter. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if anything, I, I can like buy you a drink afterwards because of talking me into Lamar Jackson earlier in the year. That, or uh, I got to at least give you partial credit for that. Uh, or you could do uh, start paying off the Jeremy Sprinkle bet one one penny at a time. <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I'm gonna come in. Oh yeah, since we since we switched up the office, Joe's right at the door, so I'm just gonna walk in every day and chuck a coin at him, <laughs> and then yeah. go sit down without saying anything. That's, that's... Walk in, chuck coin at Joe, get coffee, sit down. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, that, I mean, that would be how I want to start my day anyway at this point with how bad my fantasy lamps have been. So best of luck to the rest of you guys that are still out there and hope you end up winning the fantasy championship. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.